Hey there, neighbor. Welcome to Good Life News, a weekly podcast where we talk about ideas, living the abundant Christian life, and God's wonderful, wonderful love. I'm your host, Pastor Lauren Fenton, an old farm kid, Bible student, preacher of grace, husband of one, father of two, papa for five, and really just another pilgrim headed for home. I'm so glad you've clicked in to join me on this journey today. Let's walk together for a few minutes and see what we can discover on the way to the kingdom. Are you ready? Let's go! Greetings once again, friends. This is episode 18 of the podcast. The title of this week's episode is Alive in Christ. In today's episode, I'll be sharing some thoughts about living the Christian life with integrity in all our relationships every day, whether in the home, among friends, or interacting with other people wherever they may be. I don't know if I've shared this fact about myself recently or not, but I need to tell you about it now. When I was young, before I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior and invited Him to be Lord of my life, I had a pretty foul mouth. I'm not proud of that now, of course, but it's something that the Holy Spirit had to clean up for me as I grew in God's grace. One incident sticks in my mind that revealed to me just how negatively my witness for Jesus was impacted by the gutter language coming out of my mouth. It was a significant moment in my spiritual growth, although I didn't recognize it as that at the time. My brother Burl and I were working for a neighboring farmer as hired hands. Our assigned jobs sometimes brought us together for a particular job or project. Burl was a couple of years older than me. We were both in our late teens. One day, Mr. Childers, the farmer who hired us, needed a barbed wire fence built across one of his pasture fields. Burl and I got our supplies together and headed out to do the job. And since he was older, he was the unspoken leader for the task. The first thing we needed to do was set all the fence posts in a straight line from one side of the field to the other. It was a matter of pride in our farming community for all the fences to be absolutely straight especially if they could be seen from the road. But more importantly, just because that was the right way to build a fence. To make sure all the posts were lined up accurately, we would visually check each post as it was dropped into a hole that we had dug for it. And one of us, that would usually be me, had to walk back several posts and then sight down the line toward the far side of the field. Then I'd tell Burl if the post he was holding needed to be moved an inch or two one way or the other so it would be in line with the rest of the fence. I'm not sure just what precipitated our argument that day, but we got into a pretty heated verbal exchange over some trivial details about the fence, I guess. In the middle of that fight, I let loose with a string of swear words that were anything but godly. In fact, I'm quite sure I used the Lord's name in vain multiple times in my anger. Suddenly, my brother Burl stopped and looked at me intently. I thought you were a Christian, he said. Do Christians use that kind of language? Well, he knew, of course, but I was immediately brought up short, guilty as charged. 
I had made a great profession of knowing Christ after my conversion experience, and he was right to challenge my conduct. It's a lesson I've never forgot. Let's think about this for a few minutes. The Apostle Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth that, quote, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 And again, Paul wrote this to the Ephesians. God raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Ephesians 2.6 I love how this text is expressed in the New Living Translation, quoting here, For he, that is God, raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. End quote. What incredible implications this reality carries for us in our daily lives in the here and now. In his letter to the Colossians, Paul wrote, let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Colossians 4, 6, and this is from the New American Standard Bible, NASB. It's pretty obvious people who make a profession of being a Christian need to live with the integrity of Christ-likeness. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful for building up the one in need and bringing grace to those who listen. While these counsels from God's word can be applied across the board to all our conduct, our words, and actions, our primary assignment as ambassadors for Christ's kingdom is to rightly represent him. Anything less detracts from the true beauty that can only be found in Jesus. Quite obviously, my words and actions that day long ago when my brother Burl and I were building a fence together didn't represent Jesus at all. By his challenge, I was convicted of the wrongness of my actions. The Holy Spirit shined the light into my darkness and revealed an ugly truth lurking there. A long-standing habit of bad speech, coupled with a short-fused temper, needed healing. I was guilty. God and my brother were gracious, and life moved on. Well, I can tell you, together we finished the fence, and, at the end of the day, all the posts lined up in perfect order. Now, here is some really good news that gives us hope when we know that we've messed up comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Paul writes, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. I'd invite you to walk with me as we flesh this out. In Christ... You are not merely forgiven, you are declared innocent. Innocent is not quite the same as not guilty. The sinner who is forgiven is not guilty, but that person's record still indicates that although the sinner is now free from the penalties of transgression, he or she is still a sinner, albeit a forgiven sinner. But in Christ, 
Our status from heaven's viewpoint is more than that. In Christ, we are declared innocent, as though the sin never happened in the first place. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he, that is God, made him, that is Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And Romans 5.18 says this, Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Here are Jesus' words to Nicodemus, the most well-known Bible verse in all the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 And we must not miss the powerful message in the next verse, John 3.17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So here's a simple but overwhelming truth. If you are in Christ and believe God's promises, you will not be lost. All right, so far so good. What is the next step in understanding God's will for us in our relationship to Him and in our daily conduct? The Christian life does not stop with salvation. We are called to abide in Christ. Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. John 15, verse 4. What does it mean to abide in Christ? Well, my mind goes immediately to Psalm 91, 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. To dwell in the secret place of the Most High means that we choose that place as the base for our lives. We can live in total spiritual security, the security of God's salvation and protective care. Choosing to dwell in the shadow of the Almighty is a beautiful metaphor picturing someone setting up his tent under the loving watch care of El Shaddai, the God who provides an endless supply of love, grace, and total protection. King David's heart overflowed in a wonderful hymn of praise as he understood this great truth. This is from Psalm 27, verses 4 and 6. Here he says, The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of Yahweh all the days of my life, delighting in his perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary 
I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing, and praising Yahweh with music. Again, that's Psalm 27, verses 4 to 6. Psalm 27 is one of those great chapters in the Old Testament we would do well to read often and even memorize. The entire chapter is only 14 verses long. I would encourage you to go find that page in your Bible. Read the verses with prayer in your heart. Meditate on each verse and let the Spirit speak to you. You will not be disappointed. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you can join me for next week's episode when I'll be sharing another feature of a favorite book or author. Well, next week's featured author is going to be Lee Strobel, who is the author of The Case for Christ, a journalist's personal investigation of the evidence for Jesus. If you haven't read that book, I think you'll probably find it fascinating to delve into it, and I want to share it with you next week. So, be sure to tune in, and if you enjoy these podcasts and blog posts, as always, please share with your friends and your family or whomever, and I give you my many, many thanks in advance. God bless. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. So we've come to the end of this episode of the Good Life News Podcast. If you would like to comment or join a conversation about today's content, please visit our website at www.goodlifenews.life. I'd love to hear your thoughts and observations. On the website's blog page, you can also find a complete transcript of the most recent episode, which will always be posted at the top of the page. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. If you'd like to help out in this ministry, it's incredibly helpful if you'd leave a nice rating or review on your platform of choice. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week as we continue our journey exploring more about God's love, His amazing grace, and the incredible good news of the everlasting gospel. Until then, walk in peace, live in hope, and hold your treasures with open hands.